I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Coming to you live from beneath the ruins of Valve, it's Buckle Movie Club. And welcome to Puckle Movie Club. I'm your host, Ethan, here today with my co-host. Uh, some say that I was once bit by a cobra, and after five days of excruciating pain, the cobra died. It is I, Lord Yoshiro. Oh my gosh. I didn't know I was in the, <laughs> in the midst of a legend. Oh, but please, uh, I request uh, your uh, your audience here, uh, Ethan, because uh, it is your show. But I want to do a very TCG cast, since I know that probably I won't have you on my show, uh, uh, as I am in yours. Of course, there's different themes. But mm-hmm. I do want to give you a very TCG cast introduction, if you allow me to. I would be honored. Okay, so some say that he doesn't cheat death. He wins fair and square. It's Ethan. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> I you don't even know how much that means to me. I, I hope I hope that's the case. I haven't tested that theory yet, but I um, wouldn't suggest you do though. Yeah. I, I mean, who knows until you try, right? Yep, correct. So, Puckle Movie Club, we're here for part 2 of Pokémon Generations. Uh yes. you were on last time. Very and, exciting. And um yeah, if you remember last episode, I was still kind of confused as to what the purpose of this was. Uh-huh. Uh, and if I remember correctly, I told you who. Wait till you get to the next ones. So, are you ready to dive right into it? I am ready, if you are. Episode 7 of Pokemon Generations is The Vision. Yes, Gen 3. Gen 3. So this episode opens with an alarm going off in Team Magma's headquarters. And mm. uh, we see Maxi and, and crew. And Maxi's friend, uh, who is a, a one of his um, generals, I forget the name. Courtney? No, no, no. Uh, uh, the, the, the rotund man. Oh, yes, yes. I can't remember either. He finds this hilarious that somebody's breaking in. I, he's just l- yucking it up over, over this. He's laughing about somebody's like, oh, somebody's entered. <laughs> and I'm not entirely sure why. Maybe that's like their organization's going to be shut down, and he just thinks that's funny. But whatever. Well, actually, I I have have points towards that, but we'll leave it 
to the end of discussing this uh, that this particular episode. For sure. Uh, and then Courtney shows up. It says that uh, Maxie is off to make his dream a reality, to which he yeah. responds, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maxie's really a really profound character in this, in this five-minute episode. Yeah, it's stoic. You know, he's a man of few words. Yeah. And then he says to Courtney to stay behind, to take down the intruder, to keep him from coming after him. There, he's uh, Maxie's going into a sub at this point. Yeah. Uh, I think that... What's Courtney's relationship to Maxie? So that's the point I want. Uh, I mentioned earlier is that uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed about this episode, uh, regarding specifically Team Aqua in this case, oh, no, I'm sorry, Team Magma in this in this case, is this cult feeling. This wasn't a criminal organization. Mm. These five minutes of this episode gave a very a cult, a very cult feeling. Like this is Absolutely. more than an organization. This is more like a religion. And you can see this with that character that you just mentioned that we can't remember his name. He being laughing for the fact that someone broke in, kind of unhinged in himself. Then you see Courtney, which Courtney by its herself also seems extremely unhinged. Uh, and following um, the Maxi's every order with no questions whatsoever. And then seeing her have visions. So this is not just a criminal organization. This is something else. This is them having a, a religious experience, having them their own type of cult. And I really enjoy that about this episode. And it, I don't think, yes, it does seem like it's love. But more than love, it's maybe admiration for seeing mm -hmm. Courtney and, and this other characters don't see Maxie just as a boss. They see him as a god or a messiah, someone that they follow and they love and they don't question whatsoever. I could definitely get down with that idea. It seems almost Manson family-esque where, like, mm -hmm. uh, they're almost surprised that other people don't understand where he's coming from, you know? Yeah. So, Maxie goes leave on a sub, and then Courtney has a vision of Maxie getting wiped out by Groudon, uh, primal form Groudon, uh, and she has, like, a bad feeling about this, I guess, but that yeah. doesn't... I don't think that ultimately ends up playing into the rest of the episode. Uh, then Brandon shows up, and Courtney says some really convoluted roundabout dialogue, and then that's it. And that's the end, yep. <laughs> um, so this episode feels almost like a supplement to the game, you know what I mean? Like, this would yes. be a thing you would put on when you reach that point in the game. Uh, and the next episode kind of follows that as well, uh, if you're ready to get on to episode 8. Yeah, let's go ahead. Uh, so episode 8 is The Cavern. Uh, and this one follows Team Aqua instead and uh it's it opens with archie kicking it with his crew in an underwater cave and he locates kyogre and then hollers at kyogre for a bit about how the world is corrupted and that kyogre should help him create a better more pure world then he, exp he pulls out the uh the blue orb and then shelly shows up and says that the world the uh, world that archie wants won't be made but instead the world will fall into inescapable despair direct quote uh yeah. Which is, I mean, those are pretty high stakes. But Archie just totally ignores what she has to say. And I don't know why she expected to be able to change his opinion. Like, if he was ready to commit genocide, then I don't really see that changing just because she's like, you know. I, I think Archie's an unstable dude based on all of his yes. actions. 
Uh, and it's a complete contrast from Team Magma, where we see yes. that Maxi might be the one that be the stable dude, and all his henchmen are the ones that are unhinged. The other way around with Team Aqua, uh, it seems that um, he, the leader is the one that is unhinged, and the henchmen are the ones that are actually uh, have their heads in their place and are trying to warn him to stop, And but he doesn't want to listen. That's a good thought. I, I almost kind of like... It's interesting that when you consider the way that uh, the legendaries uh, like bring about their kind of destruction is almost contradictory in a way as well. Whereas yeah. Kyogre's is very explosive and like visceral. I find Kyogre's to be far more graceful, if that makes yes. sense. And yeah. it, it, it just, Archie tries to control Kyogre and, it, you know, when you try to control the force of nature, things don't go mm-hmm. well. But uh, Especially the ocean. Yes, of course. You mean... It's the one of the most powerful forces on Earth. So Archie doesn't listen to Shelly and throws the orb at Kyogre, transforming, uh, make, making Kyogre undergo a primal revis- uh, reversion, uh, which is sweet. That's a cool sequence. Yeah. Uh, and then we see some Pokemon. The, the Kyogre starts going haywire and uh, bringing about functionally a tsunami, I guess, just a, a horrible, catastrophic uh, ocean event. And you see some Wingles get caught up in some gale force winds, Pokemon <laughs> scattering to get away from the tsunami. And then uh, Archie calls up his bro, Matt, who says that the entire world is going to sink into the ocean, which is pretty dire. Yeah. Then He realized the error of his ways way too late. Yeah. I mean, about as late as you could possibly get. Like, it's <laughs> the world's about to be destroyed. Archie tells Kyogre, or uh, implores Kyogre to listen to him. To which Kyogre responds by charging at him, with the implication being that he's going to eat him. At least that's what I got. Uh, Which then that's just how this episode ends, really. Yeah, Uh, we've reached this uh, segment of generations, which every single episode gets darker and darker. Uh, And I love that because we're we're finally able to see a darker side of Pokemon that obviously we aren't able to see with Ash and and company and generations just completely are off the leash and say, no, we're going to show you dark and we can show you how dark Pokemon world can actually be. And these few episodes going in uh, this midway through generations is a perfect example of that. And they're just great. They really are. I mean, these are certainly the the highest of the stakes have ever been in this series. Uh, But I just can't help, but feel like this episode is somewhat disjointed. Almost like it's just it doesn't conclude. I, I just I don't know if they if they're really successfully pulling together stories in this period of time. Like these ones it, feel less like episodes so much as segments. You know, like like taking yeah. Th- these almost seem like they're designed to be watched in tandem with the ga- like with those port parts of the games. You know, um, true. I, and, but I do believe that the reason is because. So in a in a whole episode or a whole movie, you have the introduction, you have what's happening, you have the suspense of the build up, and then you have the conclusion. Mm-hmm. So 
I believe that in this segment, this middle ground of generations, as if you take the 18 episodes at whole, this is the part where they're just building suspense. And that's why we see a lot of suspense going up, 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 mm-hmm. but no conclusion is because, well, there's no conclusions in these ones. This is all about building suspense, building these uh, very exciting parts of Poco- the Pokemon world where the conflict is the actual issue that's going on. There's no resolution to these conflicts, unfortunately, but this is what's going on in this world. I see what you're saying i i'm picking up what you're putting down i just it doesn't make it i just feel i can't help but feel unsatisfied or dissatisfied with the uh, with what these past two episodes are because i guess maybe i'm just approaching it the wrong way in terms of like i'm i haven't played these games in some time and it's not like fresh in my head you know and I, i feel like if i were to play the games again i might just pull these up to as a companion piece to the games. Uh, yeah, and speaking of which, Ethan, that brings me to a question. Have you ever played Pokemon Delta episode? From I did. Pokemon? You did? I did, okay. Oh, yes, I did. I, 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 I think this us. was a whole thing. This is a whole thing. <laughs> I did, I did, not, did you not listen to the episode where I talked about it? I don't think I did. Okay, shh. I, I, I won't tell anybody if you don't. But uh, yeah, so we move on to episode nine, uh, in which we see Rayquaza destroy an asteroid. That's how the episode opens, which is ill. That's super ill. And then we cut to reporter, like this reporter duo whose names elude me, uh, inside of a, uh, is it the Weather Institute? Yes, it's what it seems to. At least it starts in the Weather Institute, if not the uh, the observatory. So they're like cracking into a database of some kind, uh, and they're gonna. I guess they're gonna break a story about what actually happened with this asteroid, because apparently down on Earth or down in the Pokemon world, people aren't aware of what actually transpired. But yeah, they're, so they're gonna break in and steal the information and break the story. But you can't do that. What do you, what's your end game? Like, are you going <laughs> to, what, what, I mean, you're, you can't report on this information because it's stolen and they'll know that you stole this information, but I, I digress. Journal, that's, that's journalism for you. I, just, okay. Anyways. So they're, you know, they're looking in and she, the, the dude is watching the door and homegirl is cracking into the database and they bring up a video file from like a satellite of what actually happened. And you you get video of uh, a, a Pokemon trainer in space gear, who is Brandon, uh, riding the freaking Rayquaza that destroyed the asteroid, which is super cool. Oh, like my God. <laughs> uh, absolutely boss. And then Rayquaza, or Rayquaza, Rayquaza. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I get the fights. No. Every time I say it, I don't know which one, because like, they both sound so cool. I go Rayquaza, personally. Um, well, you're talking about the guy with the heaviest accent, maybe after Fluffy, <laughs> fluffiest once it got. So you're it's the wrong person to ask. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I, uh, I I'm I'm distinctly Middle American in my pronunciation <laughs> of it, but Rayquaza, it's very nostril, very very nasally. When I was growing up in Puerto Rico, and we were speaking obviously Spanish, we would call it Rayquaza. But it was later on that I can you apparently say, can you say discovered that, again? that it was Rayquaza. Oh yeah, that's good. Give, that's that's a great way of saying that. It's so smooth, <laughs> silky. It's like butter. 
Yeah, that's the way we would pronounce it. Uh, but, of course, uh, we later on that it's supposed to be from Quasar, uh, the star. Uh, so it's Rayquai- Rayquaza, apparently. You mean, you mean, you mean Quasar? <laughs> Quasar, yeah, Quasar. <laughs> like I said, wrong person to ask about pronunciations. <laughs> so uh, Ray- Rayquaza fights Deoxys in, in the pretty real. It's a pretty cool battle. I think he opens oh, like, yeah. like a hyper beam or something. Uh, yeah, man, we have to say that if there's one battle they have never messed up, it's been the uh, Deoxys versus Rayquaza. Because even in the actually Ash and Company movies, oh, yeah. uh, that fights were awesome as well. So it's it's fun to see that they keep these fights to be awesome. It's yeah, big stupid giant space laser beams. Like how can you go wrong? Yeah, I actually have three uh, heart eyed emojis next to next to my note for Rayquaza fights Deoxys, uh, <laughs> just because I was super like, oh yeah, that brings back good memories. Uh, and then uh, so Rayquaza takes down Deoxys and Brandon catches him, which is super ill. Uh, yeah. And then Gabby got so Gabby is the reporter's name I, I have here uh, was so caught up in the video or watching the video that they get caught by security. Then then they try to escape. But I don't really see the point because the security guards make note that they're reporters and they obviously know who they are. So even if they escape, they're still going to get, you know, caught for this crime of breaking and entering, you know. Well, of course, they're reporters, they're journalists, and that's that's right. Looking for what's the legal information—that's their 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 holy grail. Whatever they can report on, that nobody has to scoop on, and it's completely that's what they live for. Uh, yeah. So that kind of that finishes the first half of um of these six episodes of recovering. I just have a few thoughts on this one. Yeah. I well, obviously, I have my qualms with like the you know, actual way that we enter the story of, you know, the, the Rayquaza battle in outer space. I was still massively entertained with this one yeah. uh, because, you know, it's just, it's a, some good Pokemon battle action. Watching a trainer ride a, a Rayquaza in space is always entertaining. Uh, yeah. I, this is my favorite of these, these uh, primordial trio so far. Uh, or, you know, my favorite of that, that trio of episodes far and away. Um, but it's just, th- these three episodes lead me to believe that they're supposed to be supplemental, which, uh, well, that'll be blown wide open in the second half of this episode, I guess. Uh, so I, it's been pretty quick, but do you want to like take a commercial break? Yeah, well, before we go to a commercial break, talking uh, speaking of episode 9 here, one of the things that I really enjoyed about this episode is, again, bringing it in a little bit more real. So ever since Pokemon uh, Red and, and Blue, Pokemon from space has been kind of normal. Uh, yes. When we, we when we arrive on Mount Moon in run and uh, Sun and Moon, I'm so Sun and Moon. Oh my God, Red and Blue. Mm-hmm. When we arrive at Mount Moon for the first time, people are already dancing with this idea that cliff fairies are from the moon because they use moon uh, uh, moonstones to evolve, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like these different type of Pokemon that are not from this Earth. So. Pokemon has always been very comfortable with the idea of Pokemon that are aliens. What this episode did for me that I really enjoy is the fact that bringing it back to the real world in the sense that, boy, aliens? No, no, this is something that is out of this world and people are not ready for that, which is when mm-hmm. uh, Gabby gets caught up by security. The fact that this researcher set tells her the humanity is not ready for this information. Give me what you have. And she runs away with it. 
it's really exciting to see that aspect because it just opens so much dimension, so much depth into that world. It's like, wait, yeah, people are not used to aliens in this world either. So the fact that there could be a Pokemon from space is a big deal. And that's just, it's a cool concept that is welcome in the Pokemon universe. That's a that's a definitely a good insight there in terms of this is not the Pokemon world that we're like familiar with. Because there's yeah. like tons of different differences, you know, in terms of like how certain narrative beats go, and just even how how certain Pokemon act, and and it's uh definitely its own thing and a different take on these familiar locations and ideas. Uh, I don't, I I I've been out of the like the uh, Ruby Sapphire Emerald game for so long that I kind of forget like how. These pe- like these pieces went down in the game. Are these these are not one to one, right? Like the, I think these are like new interpretations, or perhaps like more along the lines of the Alpha Sapphire Omega Ruby yes. interpretations. Yes, Be- these are definitely Gen Gen Six interpretations of Gen Six uh, of mm-hmm. Gen Third Gen Three. Um, this is how you would see them in the game, yes. Okay. Uh, this whole episode, which is what, uh, that we just saw, is basically a Pokemon Delta episode, what we just saw. Right. It's just, uh, even, like, the, the the previous episodes with Kyogre and Groudon, like, did... Because I'm more familiar with, like, the the original Gen 3 versions of how these narratives went down, uh, but I, I guess things are changing, man. Yep, <laughs> it's, the... this is... Just how they went through in Alpha Sapphire and uh, Omega Ruby. More spacesuits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess we'll head to a commercial break. Yeah. Catch you on the yeah. flip flop. Flops. Hey, this is Ethan from Puckle Movie Club with a quick commercial break. Just letting you know that if you send an email to pucklepodcast at gmail.com, we will answer your questions. So ask us questions about what we think about movies. Tell us what you think about movies. Even just send us whatever you're up to. Gmail account is pucklepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Thatch, and I wanted to let you know how you can improve your Puckle experience. First, you can come to pucklepodcast.com where we have a chat box and forums where you can talk to many other Pokemon fans who also listen to the show. You can keep up to date on the latest Puckle news by following us on our Twitter, liking our Facebook page, subscribing to our subreddit, and following our Tumblr. Don't forget to review us on iTunes, though. It helps us find more people to come and hang out with us, and we can have larger tournaments because of it. And, if you're feeling generous, we also have a Patreon, where you can donate in return for some awesome rewards. And as always, thanks for listening, and for all the support you give us. Catch you guys on the flip-flop. And we're back! We had uh, some nice discussions during the half- Made some decisions as to what we might be doing if this ends up being short. Because, wow, we're blazing through these episodes. Yeah, they're just tiny little candy. Just chew mm. them up, spit them out, and we're ready to go for the next one. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's, I, I, I didn't... I was initially planning on doing three months of this. And we are going to do three three separate episodes, you know, like six episodes a pop. Uh because I figured it'd be nice to get a break between the Diamond and Pearl trilogy episode or episodes. So, yeah, this is something a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to be better about having breaks between long stretches of movie. Because I think it gets a bit tedious and we can explore the different different pieces of visual media for Pokemon. But uh, I digress. Yeah. You ready to move on to the uh, next episode? Let's move for episode 10. 
Okay, episode 10 of Pokemon Generations is the Old Chateau. Uh, the Old Chateau is seemingly completely original narrative for Pokemon Origin or Pokemon Generations. It follows Cheryl, who is a minor, minor character. Uh, I at least I'm, I'm pretty sure I, unless I miss something, this is like functionally just an NPC in the games. Yeah, I don't recall much about Cheryl in the game, uh, so I can't really. This is Gen Four already, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, this is Gen Four. Yeah, so uh, Gen Four is not my least favorite gen for sure. I do, I did enjoy Gen Four, mm-hmm. but uh, it's the one generation I haven't played in years because since uh, Alpha Sapphire and, and Omega Ruby came out, I have Gen Three fresh in my mind. But Gen Four, I have not played for years, so I cannot recall Cheryl as an actual NPC. Yes, this is I I I'm very much in the same boat in terms of not recalling a lo- large swaths of Gen Four, uh, and least of all Cheryl. But Cheryl and her Chansey venture through the Eterna Forest, uh, and uh, this her Chansey is pretty pretty horrifying. I'm gonna be real. This is this this is this this is a horror a horror theme episode. But the thing that I was the most aghast at was that this Chansey. This Chansey has one of the strangest voices I've ever heard. Yes, it just comes across as super dopey, and it's out of nowhere. Just I did not expect that voice to come out of that creature, and wow, what an awful voice it is! Uh, but but they're they're looking for a uh, for a place to stay the night in the Eternal Forest, and they come across this old chateau, and the owner of the chateau is just cool with that, letting them stay the night. And he invites. Oh, what would you have thought? No, um, uh, you you mentioned owner. It seems more like the butler in in uh, in quotes. That's what I thought too. But then there's a giant painting of him on the wall. Oh, that is true. You're right. Yeah. Which the eyes of which follow Chansey and Cheryl as they go through the the mansion or the chateau, uh, in a you know campy traditional like haunted house film fashion. Uh, so the the owner, or perhaps butler, who knows? Maybe the owner of the place has a, a great fondness for this butler and made a giant painting of him. <laughs> so the, maybe the he, owner just prefers to be a butler. Yes, he does a lot of butling. So he lays out a feast for Cheryl, uh, Cheryl and Chansey, and they start to eat, but. Turns out they're not eating anything, I guess. They're they're just eating. They think they're eating, and they're scraping away at their plates with their knives and forks. I'm like, mmm, this is delicious. Thank you. And then Chansey opens her mouth and makes horrible noises again. Uh, this was a really creepy part of that episode um, where it was really unsettling. One of the things that I really love about this episode is just that how unsettling it was. It's so strange. Um, it was. It was weird. It was really creepy, and it was unsettling, and it put you on a, on a really tense mood. I'm going to be frank. I don't know if I've ever seen that switch up before in anything in that like they think they're eating, but they're not. It's very peculiar. I like. I it definitely caught me off guard and made me like, what is going on in this episode, man? <laughs> like yeah. that's it's such a strange twist to have is that they're not eating. And it totally works. Like I, I'm, I'm definitely spooked, 
Uh, and he's he's definitely like he's he's like yeah. he's like making evil maniacal laughter to himself the entire time. He's like, hey, hey, hey. yeah, they, he's they... just luring them. They're being lured to their doom. Yes. Uh, so he leads them to the room, and, and they get lost in a hallway. And they, you know, like in like a labyrinthine style, they they go down a hallway only to end up at the beginning again. Uh, and then everything, all heck, just breaks loose. He he makes the hallway explode with evil with evil ghost gloop i guess <laughs> he just submerges himself into the hallway which is kind of creepy considering that the last thing he says is please follow me and as he walks he just goes under like please follow me to yeah. maybe the gates of hell because <laughs> he just goes under disappears and suddenly goops comes air from everywhere the the bulbapedia describes it as purple miasma which isn't much more. It just gives less information than purple goop. I'm gonna be real, <laughs> evil, evil ghost goop. And then, like, there's some cackling through the hallways, uh, and and then they they get. I guess they get submerged in it, don't they? Like, don't they get swallowed up by it? Suddenly, like a face of a hunter, we might guess, comes in out of nowhere and just bite them and munches them. Right. The next thing we know, they uh, wake up. From being unconscious, and they're in a sofa. Yeah, they wake up at a, in, on a, at a sofa in the entryway of the of the chateau, and then a a, a horrible Japanese ghost girl appears behind them, and the episode ends. <laughs> yeah, so as they were sitting on the sofa, suddenly this little paper comes down out of, from the ceiling. They grabbed it and they start reading it. I can't recall exactly what the paper said, but at the moment that they read what the paper said, the little girl comes out out of nowhere, goes and said, "Oh." You read that paper? Like, oh, you shouldn't have done that because now I have to kill you. That strikes me as like a super traditional Japanese horror story. But at the same time, wasn't this like, wasn't this uh, made by the Western uh, Pokemon studio? Like, isn't this Pokemon America's doing? So what we've learned so far, uh, more information has come out as the, obviously the days and months have pumped. So yes, the U.S. commissioned it, but it was made by a, I believe, Korean company. Okay. Made the animation. That might be, uh, that looks like a more Korean ghost anyway. I guess that makes sense. Um, Yeah. But I I guess, did they write it as well? I guess Uh, they would. That information I don't have, yeah. Because I could see this being pushed through, like, three different language barriers at times, if that makes sense. This is an episode that's kind of like guilty of that in terms of certain things just don't translate super well, um, yeah. or at least feel feel like they're not translating super well. And did when did this episode come out? I gotta know. Okay, October twenty eighth. So this was right. This was a Halloween episode. Oh yeah. So uh, there I mean, was very much two, so. There was two weeks when they pushed two episodes. The first week they brought up episode one and two at the same week, and then they put out an episode one and two. I believe was the week after before this, and it was simultaneously the Maxi and Archie episodes. They came out at the same time, mm-hmm. and I believe that they did that so this episode would reach just in time for Halloween. I mean, it makes complete sense. Um, this is probably I don't. I mean, this is definitely spookier than most of the other. Having seen all of them during the Halloween Spooktacular, this is spookier than all of the other Pokemon spooky episodes combined. But at the oh, same no, time, sure. it's just baffling. Absolutely baffling. 
It is baffling, and, and what makes it creepier than all any other Halloween special from Pokemon is the fact that we are left with not knowing what happened to the protagonist. I mean, we don't know what happened to Cheryl. Yeah. The last thing we knew, the little girl said, oh, you shouldn't have read that. And suddenly they screamed. We had a shot of the mansion from outside as Cheryl and it's Chansey with the creepy voice, <laughs> with the dopey voice screaming for their lives. And that's when the episode ends. What happened? We don't know, but it's, science, it's just, it's creepy. Really it's, creepy. It's almost like that, that Team Aqua episode that ends like on a, on a cliffhanger of sorts, you know? Um, yeah. And I know we're never going to get resolution to this story. So I, for all I know, Cheryl is just being horribly, horribly, like, tortured by this ghost for all of eternity. Yep, but that's exactly how Halloween stories end, though, right? When you're no, in you're a right. campfire right. at the forest telling ghost scariest ghost stories, this is how these ghost stories end. So you don't know what happened. It's up to the listener to to make their own theories and uh, their own assumptions as what happened to the characters in the story. But this is exactly the type of story that you definitely will say in a campfire. The ghost story comparison is quite apt uh, because I'm so trained by Pokemon at this point that these characters have to go do some battles in the next episode. That, yes. I, I, the idea of being left without, or the story ending without knowing what happens to our protagonist is so foreign to me. A hundred percent. And I love the fact that That's we're giving... Call. That's a good call. That's a good call. Sorry. Ghost, we're giving ghost Pokemon the creepiness that they never had in normal anime, right? So oh, yeah. always in every single episode where ghost Pokemon are involved, they always start the same way. Oh, there's a ghost, and then suddenly, oh no, it's a Pokemon. It's like, but after a few times, you would guess that Ash would just go, oh wait, something is moving and it's weird in this mansion. It must be a Pokemon, but they never reach that conclusion immediately. They have to go through the episode for them to learn, oh wait, it's not a ghost, it's a Pokemon. Here in this, in Generations, we actually see ghost Pokemon being that ghost. Something, an uncontrollable, unexplained force that are a danger and they can definitely do harm. Yes. Uh, and then Generations, as we said previously, opens up a lot of new dimensions to this, this you know, universe and, like, just different takes. And it's yeah. just refreshing. And it, as strange as this is and just completely, I, I, as, as lost as I was a lot of the time, I definitely enjoyed this episode because it was so out of left field and unexpected. But, uh, yeah, you ready to move on to the next episode? Let's do it. Okay, next episode is episode 11, The New World. So this episode opens with Cyrus, uh, the Team Galactic leader, acting all evil and bringing Diogo and Palkia out from like another another dimension, I guess, and they're all chained up. Yeah. And uh, with, with some pretty pretty awful looking chains, not in terms of like design, but they're, they're just, they look like they really suck to be in. Uh, yeah. And they're almost... You know how like some things in the Pokemon world are energy, like they're they're formed from energy, but they have like a technological base to them. Like you you think like there's some sort of hard light field going on. This is one of those instances uh, where it definitely looks like it's steeped in the Pokemon technology mythos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like this is a thing that you would you would read about in a game or something. Uh, so he tells he commands them he commands the Algon Palkia to make a new world which is quite the lofty order. And then Cynthia shows up and tells him to stop. And... Can we stop for a second and discuss yeah. how all, almost all of these organizations has female assistants, and it's kind of creepy? 
the, the, the yeah he has two, explicitly <laughs> two female assistants doesn't he uh, yeah well like in 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 magma and uh aqua they had you know a, a pretty decent split but he's just got ladies he's got ladies with him he's got a posse uh yeah he's got groupies i guess you could say yeah, it's like, I'm so glad that Gen 7 came around and gave us an actual female leader. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because the sexism in these ones are pretty blatant, uh, where they have just female assistants, and it's kind of weird. Well, maybe it's just like <laughs> a, a reluctance to make a, a female character a villain, I guess. But I guess if I guess. if you've got, if you've well, got generals, then, I, then that's kind of out the window. So you're right. It is good that we get that mix up in, in Sun and Moon. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Cynthia shows up. Speaking of female characters, we got a we got a pretty strong one here, and tells him to stop, to stop that you don't don't make a new world in your image. Uh, and then he doesn't listen and goes about it anyway. And then Giratina shows up and and starts fighting Dialga and Palkia. And uh, I do, does he just immediately engulf Cyrus? I'm pretty sure that's what happens, right? He, he, uh, Giratina appears, which kind of reminds me of this, uh, if all of you back home, not the little kids, but the adults, have seen Constantine the movie, uh, where at the end, uh, someone appears, I'm not gonna say the name, uh, and kind of, like, messes everything up. Same thing happened with Giratina. He suddenly comes up out of the underworld and says, no, this is not gonna happen on my turf, and blasts the chains off both Palkia and Dialga, allowing them to just escape. And as soon as they just escape, then Giratina just engulfs Cyrus and takes him under to the underworld. Right. So Team Galactic starts freaking out and like, oh, where'd you go? Cyrus, oh no, you've been consumed by by evil. You've been consumed by the darkness. Uh, And then Cyrus wakes up and he's in Giratina's distortion world. And then he's kind of down with it. He's like, all right, this is a world I can get down on. You know, it's, it's there's peace here. Weirdly enough, I thought I, I think it was peace, right? Or there was like yeah. just a lack that, of conflict. He mentions that that's the world that, that he has been searching for, and it's pretty cool. You know, there's like there's waterfalls f- falling from different pieces of floating rocks. It's kind of neat. It's not yeah. there's not a ton of sunlight there. I wouldn't choose to live there, but I can see how he could be down with it. Yeah, uh, this is a page. Obviously, this is taken directly from Pokemon Platinum. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the extra level that was added in Pokemon Platinum where you go into the underworld and everything is upside downy. This is where finally Pokemon was um, playing around with the concept of 3D where now your sprite could move on in different directions mm-hmm. uh, around the, that stage. Yeah, walls my, and stuff. Yeah, my only problem with this episode, so one of the things that I would always held Pokemon um uh, fourth gen diamond and pearl in high regards and platinum of course is the fact that for me this was the one generation where actually the protagonist actually kind of killed the leader of the organization because you leave them in the underworld it's mm-hmm. not like you just stop them like in every single other generation and they see the error of their ways and or they get arrested. No, this one, you go into the underworld, you fight him, you leave him behind before the, the underworld gets closed and you just leave him behind. Here in Generations, they kind of lighten him up saying by this is what he actually wanted all this time. Huh. Which kind of like, it's kind of like a bummer personally. I mean, really, I I'm giving zero information or zero actual 
important critic of it. It's just for me personally, it's like, well, that was the one thing I liked about Gen 4 where your protagonist, you, actually leave this guy to die into the underworld was the one thing that I wanted, uh, I, 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 I actually enjoyed. But still, it was a great episode. Yeah, I I can see what you're saying there. I, I, and I, I guess I didn't really quite grasp the gravity of what happens in the, at the end of Platinum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see how you could be frustrated if this was a thing that you really liked about it. Um, I, I liked Cyrus. Oh, by the way, we, we, there's a little bit left that happens. Cyrus tells Team Galactic to not look for him. And then yeah. his buddy, uh, his general Saturn, I guess is his name, says that he understands, which I think is, I mean, he accepts that's really quick. He's immediately down in, uh, in, uh, in his camp. He's like, I understand. But he gives him very, very little information. But uh, again, anyways. it's, it's kind of like lightening up that because it's kind of like the complete opposite from Gen 3 in the last episodes that we discussed where in in these other episodes of Gen 3, we see Maxi Archie arriving a very dark, very dark finale endings, right? Where we don't know whether or not Kyogre just killed Archie. The other way around in Gen 4, in these episodes of Gen 4, we see now that where in the actual game, the ending of Cyrus is left up to you to decide what happened. Here, it's a more definite explanation that no, actually, he wanted to be left into the netherworld, and he told his own team to not look for him. It's a very zen ending. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I can't help but respect him for it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you see... Hey, man, if you, if you see it and you know it, that, that that's where you want to be, who am I to say no? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, man, I know you wanted to destroy life as we know it, but if you found your inner peace and you don't want to be Hitler anymore... That's all right with me. <laughs> um, yep. So uh, you ready to move on to the next uh, crazy over-the-top episode? Let's do it. Okay. Episode 12 is Magma Stone, or The Magma Stone, because all these episodes open uh, start with The. So The Magma Stone uh, opens with uh, Sharon? 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 I, you're going to have to help me out on this pronunciation here. Oh, you're asking Sharon, the wrong man. Sharon, if you would ask, I would say Sharon, yeah. Uh, we're going with Sharon. Uh, <laughs> Sharon. Me with my horrible accent would say Sharon, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sharon awakens Heatran, who immediately starts ruining stuff. He's just laying, he just starts sp- spewing lava all over the place. And then Buck, who is a minor character from the games, again, we're tapping into those minor characters, uh, B- Buck and Clay all start taking on Heatran, and then Looker shows up. Uh, but Buck cannot stop saying "dude." By the way, which I'm yes. totally okay with. <laughs> I actually found kind of annoyed, annoying. But yeah, this is the thing that I've noticed in my own screenplays when I write them is that my characters say "dude" a lot as like punctuation. <laughs> so I can okay. I can kind of get down with Buck saying "dude" all the time because I I do it myself. So. Uh, Looker shows up and then knocks out uh, Sharon with a with a swift karate chop to the back of the neck. Yeah, and then Buck does some he he gets some help from Claydol and does some crazy acrobatics. Before, before that, so Claydol starts out and tried to deal some damage, and it's okay, but it's not until comes Looker with his oh I forgot the name of that Pokemon the frog. Um, 
Krogunk? I remember the evolution. Krogunk? Krogunk, thank you. Krogunk is badass. He comes in. He completely kicks Heatrun's in the face, which makes uh, Heatrun flinch. Then goes back and one-hit kills each one of Team... uh, Is it Team Plasma? Uh, are, are we not still? We're still in Galactic here. This is the the, oh, the revived yes, Galactic. Uh, Team Galactic's grunts with one hit, like super badass Jackie Chan style, just one elbow to yeah. another, a quick jab to the other. They're both down. He's just killing it. This Krogon, like no other. <laughs> Doesn't he also like like whip some giant boulders or something? Like it's. Yeah, he, it's He's pretty strong. He comes all out. Yeah, he. it's like that Krogon from Luker is pretty strong. Mad respect. Mad respect for that Krogunk. Uh, I I can't believe I was going to gloss over such a straight G. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so they realize that, that, that to, to to return Heatran to its, its uh, sleeping form, they have to put this boulder back. That, that, like, I don't know exactly what... It has a name, doesn't it? The, they have to put Again, the, the magma stone. They have to put yeah. the magma stone back in its place. So Buck gets some help from Claydol, who floats some rocks, and then he jumps from rock to rock all the way up to the to the magma stone. And then Buck uh, puts the puts the magma stone back in place. Again, Again as Krogan is doing much shot to Heatran and may and doing some damage. Holding your own against the legendary is pretty cool. Whatever, real. <laughs> That's that's something that doesn't get enough credit in, in in Pokemon franchises when, but like straight up normal Pokemon can take on a legendary. I think that's always sweet, yep. and we got a, a really good instance of it here because Krogunk does not care. He's oh, yeah. he's in there. Krogunk is playing the law of the land, and the law yeah. of the land is Krogunk's law or no law whatsoever. <laughs> There's a line in this episode where Buck yells to Claydol, "Come on, man! Like, uh, dude, have some guts," which is super awesome. <laughs> Uh, it, this is a very like uh, testosterone heavy episode. <laughs> this is yes, like it's it's that. constantly pumping. Uh, these are some dude bros, dude. This is like the Gears of War of Pokemon episodes. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so he, uh, Clay, uh, uh, Buck does his thing, puts the stone back. Heatran goes away. And then Sharon pieces out with his uh, with his his homies, the the rest of Team Galactic or, or not, yeah Team Galactic, and then Buck says that he'll battle Looker like he's like hey man you challenge me to a battle anytime and Looker's like I'm a better trainer than you and you know basically in a roundabout way it's like I couldn't see myself losing to you. Uh, Buck's a G. Buck is a straight up G. He's a gangster. Uh, I'm super down with this character. Would love to see him again. <laughs> he needs a yeah. spinoff. Because I, I, <laughs> that guy's got a lot of charisma. He's going to go places. Yeah. No, he's definitely one of those, I'll take on whatever needs to be taken on. So it was pretty cool on that part. And again, we see Luker being a more charismatic, not charismatic, that's the wrong word, a more dependent character than he is actually in the games, where in the games he's more of a goofy character, where mm. obviously he's... N- Unable to do anything by himself, he needs the player to be able to do stuff for him. The Looker from Generations is a lot more serious, a lot more dependent, uh, independent, and able to m- do what needs to be done to get the bad guys. So he, it's a different look on Looker. 
during the last episode, we discussed a, a an episode where he was like a, a straight up operator. He was in there, man. Yeah. He was breaking. He was a, doing like a raid on a facility, and he just looked like a, a real like a real G. G is the word of the episode, by the way. Start. Br- <laughs> I'm bringing back G. Not uh, the letter of the episode, just the word. Just the, it's the the, the 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 it's a it's more of a feeling or like a, a state of mind. Um, yeah. So that's that's the 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 six episodes we're covering in the second part of Pokemon Generations, and I still have no more of an idea of what this is than when we started the first episode. What what is this? Help me, help me, Jashiro. So, generations, of course. This is my opinion, and by no chance the real deal. But generations is an experiment. It is being able to tell the stories that. If, if it not be for generations, we would not be able to see. So mm-hmm. in the normal anime, in Origins, we can only see the stories based on the player characters. So Ash, in the case, which you kind of might say that resembles Red from Pokemon Red and Blue, uh, or in Origins, same thing, Red, uh, we can only see what's happening through their eyes. Mm-hmm. Generations open us uh, opens a window o- onto what's going on where the player characters are not involved. And it's a view of these special parts of the stories where we see in the game, but we're unable to see in the big screen or in the tiny screen, the TV. So it is just an experiment of how you can see a more wide look of the Pokemon world. In the case of... Uh, like say where we're seeing Gen Four, what we've experienced with, uh, for example, the supposed ending of Archie, we don't see in the anime whatsoever, or Maxi and how Maxi reports to his own ca- uh, 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 henchmen. These are just special aspects of the game that we are be able to see in this big screen without having actually to play the game. It's just an experiment. It really is. Pokemon USA saying this is our treat for the Pokemon 20th anniversary. Throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. It's, it's, I just don't know what it amounts to. It's, it's like, there are times where it's super compelling and, and I'm like, all right, rock and roll. We got ourselves a, a nice solid five minute little narrative here. And then there are other times where I'm, I'm just lost and I come out of the other side feeling like I gained nothing. And I, I think the, these episodes are more, guilty of this than the last batch was the last batch was more not that these episodes are bad they're just there are more times where i feel like i'm getting i'm gaining nothing or not not gaining nothing but just less fulfilled you know yeah Um, and it's not to say i don't like them because it's they're super quick watches and like they're glimpses into different different stories we could be delving into you know and like oh wow this would be a cool direction to go in with this with this franchise and I don't know. I I'm really fascinated to see what the next six are. If the next six are like satisfying resolutions, not to these stories, but to just stories as a whole, that might be cool. Um, so it's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna say, uh, um, yeah, let's leave to the next six uh, to see what's going on. I have my own opinions. I honestly, uh, spoiler alert, to me, what's left is the weaker side. Oh boy. Um, 
Yeah, so, but we might have different opinions because right now what we discussed in this today's episode was the highlight. I really enjoyed every one of every single one of these episodes. Not because I was looking for a resolution, but I was looking for something different. And I think these this delivered on that difference. Oh, for sure. It's completely more, it's darker. It doesn't care if you're, if it's children. For the example, that episode with the Chateau. Your kids are scared? I'm so sorry. We don't care. This is a really dark episode about how ghost Pokemon can kill you. And that's the sort of refreshing stuff that I was looking on in for generations. Uh, this is a, a, a very minor thing on the, on the outside that ends up having more... Uh, being more, more telling when you look deeper into it. Yeah. Which is... Again, it might seem outwardly very minor, but in the ghost episode, the character says, "Oh my god." And yeah, which that's is right, yeah. I, and that doesn't seem like anything, but a lot of the time direct references to god in well, children's big. television yeah. is like not if not frowned upon outwardly like, you know, it's uh, avoided. Avoided, yes. And mm-hmm. it just it it seems like a different beast altogether from anything we've ever gotten. And that just yeah. makes it interesting in its own right and definitely worth consuming if you're a fan. Uh, but I... I, I mean, I'm, I hope they make another one. I just hope it's a little bit more focused, you know? Yeah. Or if not... Because I would almost like to see four or five, like two or three different narratives going on in a in a style of this but it's one it's more coherent narrative you know what i mean like you'll you'll yeah. get an episode with one character and then an episode with another and then maybe they meet up in the middle but, but maybe we should do like a quick maybe we should do a quick pitch because this is a a segment that i've been thinking about doing for a while now or do you want to do you want to move on to this uh this yeah new, let's go for it seg- we got a hot new segment uh, because we don't have any emails this week, we get we're going to be a little bit shorter than usual. But instead, let's do uh, the the I, I got to come up with a name. This is going to be the Pokey Pitch. Pokey this, Pitch. This I like the, it. This is the Pokey Pitch. What do you think an interesting uh, audio visual product would be? Like, what would you want to see as a Pokemon movie or? online animation or television show or like a, a short series like i wouldn't uh, going off of that idea i just mentioned i would like to see something where you follow three different trainers like where they each pick a different starter and go through the region and they each battle a different leader and then they re- you know meet up at a certain point during the league and have a battle or you, you know what i mean or like do you see how they're they're doing relative to each other yeah uh, that's that's something I would like to see, but you know that that's kind of similar to stuff that has already been done in the franchise, uh, in terms of just going through the league. Do you, do you have any ideas that are outside of that, or would you like to develop on that idea? Yeah, no, I I do. Um, so I, I'm if you haven't heard the episode a few weeks back uh, about manga, I'm a big fan of the manga, the the uh, Pokemon Adventure manga. Um, and it, I believe it has a really, really good storyline. I would love if they would actually take that into the anime. Mm-hmm. So what's different from the manga to the anime is it's a little bit more darker, right? Um, it's a little bit more serious than For the sure. actual anime. Uh, and I would really love to see a main character that actually... Uh, grew 
not just the joke that Ash is forever 10 or 11, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the joke that a character that actually grows up to be a powerful character. Um, in the anime, I always feel there's something missing. There's something uh, that is just not right. And it's the fact that we never get to feel Ash grow. We do see a little bit of that in Pokemon X and Y and all the way up to X, Y, and Z. But then we get to Sun and Moon, and now we're back to a childish Ash. So I would really would love to see a in the at least in the anime a more coherent storyline where it's like we get to see Ash become from nothing up to the most powerful trainer in the, in in the Pokemon world, and that is something that should be pretty easy for them to do. But for whatever reason, they're trying to avoid. I wonder if we could almost combine our two ideas in terms of we follow three trainers from the very beginning of their journeys or even like early childhood and yeah. then from that point we we you know there'll be various time skips and we can see them at different points in their journey and how they're doing and like one of them could be you know either like a like a, a leader or something well one of them's just still wandering looking for a purpose or something crazy like that you know what i mean and oh. i think go ahead please finish no 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 please finish yeah, and I, I, I think that just getting seeing them grow up would be a, a, a completely different experience and, and how their relationships with each other affect how they go about their journeys and like maybe one of them's astray and then they get put back on the right path or you know, there's there's tons of different dramas you could or tons of different uh sources of drama you could you could plunge there, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's a that'd be an interesting idea, an interesting. Thing. So, I just remember one of my ideas, one of my pitch that I had a few years back, and I just remember, and I think it would be super exciting. Imagine a six to ten episode miniseries where it's all the Pokemon Evil teams are going head to head in a free for all for dominance of mm-hmm. the Pokemon world. We got Team Rocket. Team Aqua, Team Magma, Team Plasma, Team Galactic, Team Flare, all of them trying to conquer the world. And we have the protagonist, that be Red, or that be Ash, or whoever they want in the middle, trying to avoid major uh, world war between all the evil teams around the world. That's awesome. That's a great idea. That sounds super, like like a globetrotting kind of like... You know, finding different sort like different places where skirmishes are going to take place and almost defuse it, or like that's that's super yep. cool. or maybe like you know gets recruited by Looker to be a part of this you know gang busting organization or something along those lines. Yeah, that's that's that a really would be great something concept. amazing. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's that's a great pitch. Those are great. Pitch. We got some good ideas here. Listen up, Nintendo. I know you're listening. Take our ideas, please. Do yeah. something with them, please. Yeah, just... Uh, the I, the idea of, of watching a character age in this world would be super cool because they could go yeah. from being like a, a young whippersnapper to potentially like a professor by the end, you know what I mean? Or like one of yeah. the champion and one of the professor and one of them's like, you know, a, a, a scholar. You know, any number of things. 
It was really exciting. It was really exciting, and I was really excited about X and Y and XYZ seeing Ash grow a little bit because we do get to see a little bit of that we we do see Ash getting better and better as the series progress. And I was really, really looking forward to an actual relationship, which Ash has never had one throughout the whole Pokemon history. I was ready. I was ready to be able to see Serena and Ash being shipped together and actually have a boyfriend girlfriend relationship. But of course, the series ended, and nope, we only got what we think might be a kiss, and that's about it. And then move on to Sun and Moon, and now we had a whole reset in Sun and Moon, which it's, I'm not opposed to the. Many people criticize Sun and Moon for the change of art style, being that it's a little bit more goofy now. I don't mind that at all. I like that. I what I really do not uh, what I really do mind is the fact that they reset everything. Like now we it's back Ash being a newbie once more. He's no longer as strong as he was and it's a complete reset of everything that every single experience that he has passed throughout the year. That's what I have an issue with this lack of continu- uh, continuity that this the series just seems to forego. I don't know what's going on. I remember it was super jarring when I tried watching Black and White when they came out, or when, you know, that was coming out, and the first episode of Black and White opens with Ash saying, I'm Ash Ketchum, and I'm 10 years old, and I started my journey one year ago, but he was 10 years old when he started his journey a year ago. That doesn't make any sense. Like, that doesn't even, that math doesn't even add up there, and it's just, it's, I, it will it it will always be jarring, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. But uh, yeah, I I think uh, I think we got some decent pitches there. Yeah. So yeah. thanks thanks a ton, Jushiro. Yeah. So of send, course you can send your emails pucklepodcast at gmail dot com. Put Puckle Movie Club in the subject line so we know it's for us. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yes, please uh, stay tuned for our TCG cast now twice a month. Uh, any uh, emails as well, if you can send us at uh, same thing, pucklepodcast at gmail.com. And also, we're I'm still looking for people to suggest for Pokemon 2015 uh, questions. Uh, send your recommendations at kingjushiro at gmail.com if you have any recommendations or any Pokemon that you think that might stump our co host. Uh, it's uh, They have not lost the game so far, so whatever you can come up with that'll be amazing all right great awesome so uh yeah from beneath the ruins of elf i've been ethan and i'm lord jishiro and it's closing time
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.